Hi. I got a tape I want to play. Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? Your move, creep. Take me to the volcano! So why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Come with me if you want to live. This town needs an enema. Like I said, I need a bacchiatomy. Yes, that's a human ear, all right. I got a bad feeling about this. So it's come to this, where Carpenter is king. Absolutely. The master of horror. The master of horror. Uh, I'm Eric. I'm Charlie. And I think we, at this point, have easily talked about John Carpenter more than any other (laughs) actor, director, anything on this show. I wouldn't have it any other way. So far, right? He's he's become my number one in the last five years, I think. Yeah. For Definitely, sure. I think he's he's my absolute favorite. Um, but we've talked a lot of seventies and eighties Carpenter. This is the deepest Carpenter we've gone. This, this is the late, latest late Carpenter. Well, we covered Pro Life. Okay, yes, yes. His Masters of Horror episode. This is our latest theatrical yes. feature. This is John Carpenter's Vampires. Vampires, yes. <laughs> I assume that's how his early twenties take on the silent picture. <laughs> this is his excellent western. This is the most Western John oh, yeah. Carpenter. They Live is very Western, mm-hmm. uh, but gets overshadowed by the sci-fi element. This is a pure Western, yes. disguised as a horror movie. And apparently growing up, that was what John Carpenter wanted to do. He wanted to make Westerns. Being a kid of the 50s and 60s, yeah, that was his thing, going into film school and wanting to become a director. Just so happens that he was good at telling horror stories and... <laughs> yeah. uh, that's the direction he went in, horror, well, sci-fi. But you, a case can be made, they're all Western tropes. Oh, I mean, sure. Snake Plissken is a Western, <laughs> the man in black. You oh, know? of course. Uh, you've got, uh, but then on the the other way, like Jack Burton is the, you know, the oh, cowboy I mean, who rides You in. don't get more goofy John Wayne. Yeah. It's a total John Wayne impression. So, well, that's the thing. A lot of these directors, it's such a lost genre, the Western. Because people watch them differently now. They weren't hmm. such an they were such an inundated part of culture and entertainment for our parents. You know? Right. Half the shows on TV were westerns and medical dramas. We do not have westerns just on TV. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah, not a right. part of culture. Doesn't anymore the western has to reexamine itself or reinvent itself or yeah. do something meta. It's or... always stuff involving western like West World, mm-hmm. where it's like a fake West. You know, they need a gimmick. But back on you know the fifties and sixties, the longest running shows were these huge westerns, Big Country, and you know Bonanza and Gunsmoke and all these. And that's mm-hmm. our parents watched all that. So all of our favorite directors grew up just, just demolishing that stuff. You know, yeah. like ah, just taking it all in. And so they all wanted to make them. And by the time they have enough clout to make them. Hollywood does not want to make Westerns anymore. (laughs) You have to get to a really high level of respect to get a Western in the 90s. It led to some... Unless you're Eastwood. Yeah, it led to some uh, tasty fruit. There's some great 90s Westerns. But... uh, Quick and the Dead, anyone? Yeah, but it was all... Usually it was always once a director makes enough money, then they can make their Western that fucking bombs. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You know, it's like Walter Hill finally gets to make his Western. It just tanks. It's a huge failure after nothing but success. And then he comes back and does Deadwood. You know, Uh, so, uh, you know, Ty West, uh, we talked about his 
That's great right. Western. We've done a nice West, uh, a modern Western. But uh, we also established that nobody saw that film. <laughs> right. It was his right. least known film. It, it had far and away the least views. Even with Ethan Hawke and John Travolta yeah, in the movie. Yeah, right? huge stars of this movie, but and it's just not the same market for Westerns. So all these directors who wanted nothing more to ma- than to make a Western had to disguise their Westerns Yeah, <laughs> under more saleable uh, films. But it led to a lot of really great mashups because mash- pairing up Western with horror is a really natural match, I think, mm-hmm. and especially with a vampire movie. So vampires, whew, this vampires, is probably his last maybe. big, big uh, theatrical moneymaker, right? Uh, he, I don't think Ghost of Mars was successful. Yeah, I was going to say Ghost of Mars after this and then maybe The Ward seven years after right. Ghost of Mars. Or... And I've not seen The Ward. <laughs> and I, I've not seen Ghost of Mars. Ghost of Mars is is on reevaluation a real fun B movie, but I think it was a. I'm a scared bomb. to watch it. Nah, it's, I'm, it's because fun. I'm you'll afraid like it. it's bad. But nah, you'll like okay, it. Okay, okay, I'll I'll check. We'll it do out. it eventually. Uh, I'm I, I'm confident you'll like it. But so Vampires though is is high quality. This was him working with a good budget, twenty million, not the crazy Escape from L.A. Right. budget. This is a back to basics. Mm-hmm. After Escape from Very LA. little, if any, CGI in this movie for, mm-hmm. for 98. But the CGI that's in it is cool because it's just vampires bursting into flames. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Doesn't get old. That's about it, yeah. But yeah, this is a Western vampire movie. And combining... I love vampire movies. And I love the gorgeous Definitely. gothic hammer vampire movies those are probably my favorite even mm-hmm. more than the Lugosi Dracula that gothic Shakespearean mansion that the hammer vampires live in are just those castles are amazing I love them yeah but the grimy ugly life of vampires I love like near dark I was gonna say this one has a lot of nods mm-hmm. or, or aesthetic from near dark yeah the southwest the the leather the dirt the jeans, the unglamorousness, the the greasy all. hair, uh huh, that kind of stuff, that nomadic lifestyle, not this life of oh, I just live in this same castle on the edge of town and nobody qu- asks questions. Right. The one thing this movie wants you to know that vampires aren't like they are in Hollywood <laughs> movies, guys. All right. There's no coffins in the basement. You can't kill them. James Woods, our our vampire yeah. slayer. And and I this is my favorite trope maybe in all of vampire movies is every vampire movie has to lay down the rules. Right. Everybody just mansplains away like, oh, you don't actually know about vamp. I'm the guy that knows no. vampires. Let me, Let tell, me tell you what every, you don't know. Everything you think you know about vampires is wrong. Yeah. And, and it turns out like half the stuff is actually like, no, everybody collectively thinks that. Right. I, I love that idea. Yeah. And James Woods has this great speech where he's like, they don't turn into bats. They don't, uh, crosses yeah. don't work. If uh, you're going to try garlic, they're going to bend you over when they suck <laughs> yeah. your blood. They don't have like a cheesy Euro trash accent. So after he's so. like dressing this dude down about what you think you know about vampires, also uh, wooden stake through the heart and sunlight. Yes, those are real. Those are the real ones. <laughs> yeah. I, every vampire well, movie has to do that. It's like uh, if, if it's not, the crosses don't get you. It's the holy water yeah. or the yeah. If the garlic doesn't a, work, you have like it's, four options or something. There's always something, and it's like the it's always a like 
in Jurassic Park when they're like, hold still, the T-Rex can't see you. And then the next Jurassic Park, they're like, oh, you didn't hear? T-Rexes <laughs> can see everything. Exactly. They're like, that's right. We're not taking a side on this. <laughs> We're changing the rules on T-Rexes. And so vampire movies always have one of, we're like, oh, heads on steak, they love it. Cross through the chest, oh yeah, instant paralysis death. Yeah. They just melt. It's and this, disgusting. And this one also, it has its own terms for things. <laughs> yeah. There's goons and masters, and the vampire lair is called a nest. They also It's all that kind of it's stuff. It's also that like slayer talk yeah. before, uh, you know, post-Buffy movie, pre, uh, you know, Buffy show. So it's also, you know... <laughs> it's right the, in that Buffy buffer zone. Yeah, it's still keeping the Slayer talk Not, alive. Nothing for Buffy buffer zone. <laughs> <I'm sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was gold, baby. Buffy buffer zone. I came right really up. I really, right yeah, up was, the dome. Was off, he, didn't, he didn't know I was bringing up Buffy. He didn't He didn't have that written. That, wasn't, that, was, pl- that was not planned. But uh, James Woods, there are fewer actors out there that believably condescendingly explains something to someone that turns out that person already knew like 75% of that information. <laughs> James Woods. That's his bread and butter. I don't know how he does it, but he just becomes this know-it-all man who thinks he's smarter than everybody in the room and really shows that to everybody in a real asshole-ish way mm-hmm. i don't know how james woods consistently does that to conjure up that unbelievable of a character that nobody can be this much of a know-it-all asshole our introduction somehow to james, james woods, woods does it over the, and over james woods the the slayer as we we are introduced to him honing in on this nest yeah him and his buddy uh, i Baldwin. Uh, we got danny baldwin in this thing. danny daniel baldwin as montoya yeah, so this is this is a great. Uh, apparently, Alec Baldwin signed on, and uh, then had to back out. And he just told Carpenter to hire his brother Daniel Baldwin. And Carpenter had no idea there was a Daniel Baldwin, and it's like he's basically me. That's amazing. Yeah, this is a big role. So for Daniel, Daniel Baldwin, Baldwin just fell backwards into a like the best Daniel Baldwin role, and also for as much as an asshole James Woods is, James Woods is my favorite. Well, he's still good. I love this guy. This is a great role. You never seen James Woods as a vampire slayer. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say our introduction to him is mm-hmm. this kind of like laser focused, no nonsense, uh, leather black leather jacket, tight jeans. Yeah. And they're honing in on this nest. They decide that they're gonna take this nest out. They think there's vampires in there, and they bust open the back of the tank. With like nine dudes, <laughs> SWAT tank sitting yeah. in the back there, and so <laughs> there's this whole scene of all these guys gearing up with this very advanced looking like stakes and <laughs> yeah. crossbows. You have cyber stakes, and James Woods takes this like crossbow gun rifle, spreads his legs open, pulls his leather jacket back. Puts the gun on his hip <laughs> and is like, "All right, boys, here's how it goes." It's like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Holy shit. This guy is just putting both balls out there. And he's like, but it's like, this is the, the this team is supposed to be these seasoned, hardened veterans who do this right. every day. Somehow still need to be explained what they're going to do every time yeah. they do it. Strictly by the book today, gentlemen. 
It's a like if the shield if the <laughs> if the shield boys were actually vampire hunters oh, instead go. of going after the uh, the one niners. He's just Vic Mackey in a different <laughs> different pair of dad jeans. Yeah. But, but James Woods is the uh, man. But that I, swagger though. There's some there, it's like he's got this swagger but he's such a concise kind of tight actor. Yeah, he's that, pr- Woods that, is like 155 pounds. It's just you know? like this very tight like I don't yeah, I don't know how to explain it. It's like he shouldn't get away with that move. No. The 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 swagger, gun on the hip, let's do it by the book, gentlemen move. And they, you know, when they go up to this house, it's like the guy, you know, they, they got to reach in through the door and, and unlock it. And he's like, my turn. You know, he's, <laughs> he's like taking charge. Right? Yeah. He's totally. Ta- and, and he's like, he's like talking these dudes down. The one guy's like too loud on the knob. He's like, Jesus, like, oh, man, nice it's... and slow, nice and slow. And everything is just so like, he's so alpha. Yeah, it's such a great use of James Woods. Which I hate that term, by I, the way. I hate I know, that. No, no, it's but undeniable, he's the though. of it the sucks. pack. He is like yeah. the... But even with the leather jacket, he's like a... Gre- it feels like he's the head greaser kind of a thing, right? Like, And these guys feel like outlaws, even though they're doing this Catholic church work. <laughs> yeah. They're getting funded by the Catholic church to slay these vampires in There's New Mexico. There's a priest along with them. But they're like whoring and they're drinking when they when they beat up this nest. Well, we'll get to the whoring uh, after the killing. And and when they get to the killing, it's so routine to them. It's like yeah, this is their job. It's so funny. It's I, just, I heard the uh, whole opening scene is is just like they get, <laughs> but they're well, it's so routine. So Carpenter, but uh, they almost get killed in the like the first like well, yeah. they get surprised by the goon vampire. Carpenter. Uh, in uh, there was like a commentary on on the Blu-ray. Mm. He's talking about how the original idea for the movie was even more of a sci-fi bent, uh, where it'd be set in the future, where vampire hunters have spread. Because logically, it makes sense if we have vampires among us, their numbers aren't going to get smaller. Mm-hmm. They're going to fan out and start taking over slowly. And so it was originally set in the future, where there was more of a vampire uh, pandemic. And so vampire hunters were more like what cops are now. Right. Or the militias. Right. <laughs> that pops up it, And so now. it's more people, you know, it's like they're more, vampire hunters were supposed to be routine. So the, the script got retooled a lot. This was something that was in the works for much of the 90s. So I love that it somehow wound up in 1998. You know, guys like Dolph Lundgren were attached to it. Oh, wow. At one point, Bruce Campbell. Was a guy, you know, so it kept going through different hands, and depending on who had the rights at the time, it was a different vision. And so for it to land in the late 90s as this cool-ass vampire western, John Carpenter finally getting to make his western, and all these cool things keep falling into place. Like, James Woods was not anywhere close to any of the top five choices. It was going to be Kurt Russell, which probably would have kicked ass. I'm sure it would have. But it would have kicked ass in a different way. Right. And I like the way it specifically kicks ass with James Woods. The guy is just an unconscionable asshole, but it is undeniable how much he nails his specific thing in these movies. He is a guy who shouldn't have this much confidence, but somehow pulls it off. Right. You hate that he can pull it off, but he does. It's undeniable. And this is a great role for him. This is kind of, yeah, maybe his harder edged kind of role he's mm-hmm. he's this very... he's not the guy talking his way out of something right right in this movie he's which shooting... is, he goes to a lot 
Yeah, he like tortures a priest at one point in this movie. Ten like, minutes into the movie, he drives a stake into a vampire's head. Oh. And when the vampire pulls the stake out of his own head, Woods grabs it again and dives into the heart with it and then falls to the, you know, rides the guy down till he's like a dead vampire. Screaming, Screaming dive, in his face. Like, yeah. <laughs> he drops a lot of great F-bombs. Oh. In this movie, he makes the the fucking art form. He, he as uh, yeah. as Jack. He does everything right with the F word. That's for sure. <laughs> totally. He is. Totally. This is just his role, and I don't think I've seen him in anything else approaching this. It's not a super departure of a of who he plays, mm-hmm. but it's in such a different light that it feels like such a different take on yes. the, on his whole thing, and he really carries this whole thing through and. With his specific charms, like, idiotically, confidently explaining that, yeah, the thing about these vampires is sunlight and uh, stake through the heart. So, (laughs) yeah, pretty different. But just that James Woods bravado Mm -hmm. that you just, you're on his side while you realize he's kind of the uh, annoying guy, but he pulls it off so good. This first vampire kill, 10 minutes in, and they're... Yeah, it's this vampire. You're already into the fact that they're not living this lush life. It's a farmhouse in a it's dead a stretch hole. of country. Yeah. And a great thing about this is the cinematography in this movie. It's really beautiful. It has that classic Western 50s, 60s cinematography. These panoramic shots of a lot of great scenery. A lot of like pink in the sky. A lot mm-hmm. of yeah. A lot of like it's a good looking movie. Sunset shots. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is a beautiful movie. This is making one of those great like, you know, John Ford making the Searchers. You can just see those right. skylines, and it looks gorgeous. And there's some amazing shots in this. And I love the visual of these vampires living in just old abandoned farmhouses. You know, just sitting under the floorboards. Mm-hmm. This ugly life, you know, until... He... Right. These are very animalistic vampires. They're very, like, 28 Days Later yeah. zombie-type vampires. They, they, he uses a lot of, like, uh, big cat growl sound effects sure. when you hear them. And they're very kind of... Uh, yeah, they're they're not the smartest tools Feral, in the shed. a little bit. The goons, you know? at least. The goons, yeah. And, and so they have yeah. this great gimmick. Oh, what a beaut. This feels like the kind of idea that a director would think of and then be like, yeah, we're going to build the whole movie around that. And that's like uh, the tow line being used yeah. to haul the vampires out of their lair. They shoot them with arrows that are attached to thick tow cables. The visuals of vampires being dragged, kicking and screaming out of their lair to be burst into flames the second they get Man. yanked into the sun. As soon as they hit the sun, Ooh. like five flares shoot off on their arms and legs, and they yeah, they go up quick. It's some amazing visuals. Just and, these piles of carcasses of like by the as the day goes on, when you realize that man, they're killing like fifteen of these. They're, it's just like you said, it's a day. You see the day progress. They're in there dragging them out with the tow line. Another one bursts in flames. Roll them off to the side. It's all very by the. At book. first, it's like a a strike team yeah. break in with a, and by by like five p.m., it's like all right, let's wrap this up. How many more do we got down there? It's such a great, uh, it's such a great take. They collect the skulls, put them on the trunk mm-hmm. or the hood of the uh, hood of the jeep or whatever. I think they get nine that first day. Yeah, it's a good day. But no master. They don't find the master. Uh uh-uh. uh And they know they're supposed to be the head vampire. See, that's of the clan that, in the house. That, and it, that's what I like is the movie doesn't allude to what year this has taken place in. It could be the the deep future. 
Because you're already in this world where guys just casually know vampire protocols. Maybe. It feels very modern, but at the same time, guys are like, no, nah, they like nobody just knows the rules of the master vampires or like we had good intel that like where'd they find out that this was where, you know? Well, it's also the the John Carpenter thing that really stuck out to me was the idea of this Catholic church having these <laughs> ulterior motives. Sure. Uh, very much Prince of Darkness. They've known about this thing for centuries. They just don't tell anybody about it. It's a cool take, and I actually I don't know if this was like for, you know from the original novel or because because Carpenter didn't write the screenplay. This was offered to him, so right? yeah, Don Jacoby writes the screenplay based on a novel. Uh, I did. <laughs> I've seen this Don movie. Jacoby has writing credits on Life Force and uh, Ooh, Death Wish Three. A couple of a couple Ooh, interesting projects. Death Wish Three is a favorite, so it's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, this is like yeah, this is. The, the I couldn't help but notice the idea of the Catholic Church being this duplicitous, cowardly entity, very much in line with Prince of Darkness, very much in sure. line with other Carpenter stuff about religion. You know, for me, I thought it was really important to Prince of Darkness. Here, I could have I could have trimmed that. That felt like oh, a yeah. you know yeah. I could we could have really tightened this up into a ninety minute and dropped the uh, the Max Shell. <laughs> right uh, part you know uh but i always like uh james woods is really it's a good, good it's in, a good turn though yeah. i think they really need everybody knows once they get woods for a movie it's important to have priest characters because nobody refers to priests as padre <laughs> oh man better than james woods i was if if i was going to do the intro of the show today i would have gone so it's come to this padre because <laughs> they say the word padre like <laughs> The sl- yeah, the slang that gets tossed around in this movie. <laughs> they say the word padre instead of father 97 times in the movie? Padre is such a... That's like a word not everybody can pull off. Not everybody can convincingly drop a padre. Not everybody in this movie can pull uh, it off. I know, but James, James <laughs> Woods is a guy who pulls off padre. Yeah, when yeah. I close my eyes and I listen to somebody kind of sassily calling a priest padre... I picture James Woods, and well, he gets to just flex that Padre when, muscle. Especially when he's asking the Padre if he got some wood from killing that vampire. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you, Father. I'm just fucking with you, Padre. Father. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Padre. Padre, baby. He, the, as much as Robert Forster talks about his hair plugs in <laughs> movies... It's like James Woods has it written into his contract to call anybody Padre. It's like, look, I'll do Salvador. But when I get (laughs) down to San Salvador, the people I stay with needs to have a priest living there. Maybe that, yeah, maybe that was a big uh, perk for Woods. He was like, oh, we're filming in New Mexico, which means... There's Santa gonna, Fe, which means uh, there's yeah, gonna some be padres. some Spanish priests there, is what you're telling me. Nice. I mean, this guy is he goes where the Padres are. He <laughs> recognized early on, like I got a gift, and that gift is the ability to convincingly work Padre into a sentence. I lean into this. What are we looking at? We're looking at two Oscar nominations. We're looking at Golden Globe wins, mm-hmm. Primetime Emmy Awards, a Cable Ace Award. He won an ace. Wow. And he won that ace leaning into Padre. And never before in a movie has he got to lean on it more than in this one. The, the Padre we get early on is Gregory Sierra, recently passed. Hmm. Who's an 
it was an awesome Spanish character. If you wanted a that, Puer- that whole opening team, the whole opening slayers. team is, is some cool. Uh, you get Mark Boone Jr. Oh yeah, you know, great face, and and you think that guy's going to be a cool second or third in command until like 15 minutes in where he gets ripped ass oh. to elbow by one palm strike from a master sl- vampire. Man. This movie ramps up quick, and I love that that yeah. first 10 to 15 minutes is just filled with some chaos and some screaming and some back talk. Yeah, after we get our, our vampire killings, these guys like to unwind with a lot of hookers and a lot of booze. And I'm, I mean, I mean, right. This, this might have been the most kind of unbelievable part of the vampire movie for me <laughs> was the amount of hookers and booze that these guys were using. I mean, think about this. You and I are doing this life of slaying, and we have yeah. a day where we take down nine. We're in this dust bowl ass town with nothing to do. What else are you going to do to blow off steam? Imagine the sense of relief that comes where you're like. Phew, that's nine less vampires. I guess they're gonna I, be hunting the countryside tonight. Yeah. If I just like spent my whole day in the back of a tank waiting to be deployed, and then yeah, my whole day is just watching bodies burn and and things scream. Maybe I could. You killed nine. I, I, I might want to. I might. I might want to black that yeah, out. You killed nine screaming hell serpents. Yeah. None of your fellow buddies died. Oh, I'm blowing off. Let's steam. get drunk. I'm having an extra few cocktails. Sure. And if there's a topless set of towny hookers around, <laughs> sure. Especially if the towny hookers are like Cheryl Lee. Oh, my God. You know? Cheryl Lee <laughs> in this movie. So, I'm not complaining too hard, but I kind of like Laura them Palmer just like. herself. Yeah. If you want a distraction after a day of just fire murder, well, yeah, having, having some hookers and rum around is, I get it. I get what these guys. Uh, I get what they're going through. I gotta say, I'm the one. The one thing I don't like about this movie is how okay. it treats Cheryl Lee. Cheryl Lee's most got of it this tough, thing. man. This is a disrespectful has, role to Cheryl. She Lee. has. She has a lot of uh, a lot of shit she has to deal with. She is introduced as a hooker. Yeah. She has to let James Woods kind of lick her face a little bit. He smacks as, her around a bit too. He kind of shoves her face a few times. She's well, kind of a even before bag. she's even before she's you know then bitten immediately by the vampire. Yeah, she's got it rough. This, she, this is a tough role. She's great in it. Oh yeah, she, oh, no, she I, makes she's awesome. But it is she's a, a hell of it a, is a spit upon role, but especially man. the first half of this movie. She is just shoved. She's getting shook, dragged, shaken, yeah, uh, slapped around. Uh, at one point. Just, she is just bruised up and scabbed over a lot of this. But yeah, she she as the hooker uh, immediately gets bitten by our master vampire, who has that great on the ceiling effect. Oh yeah, that's a I classic that. vampire on the ceiling. And but man, I, that scene where Cheryl Lee gets bitten, that is some real Laura Palmer shit. Oh right man, there. right? She is the master of the horrified orgasm, <laughs> <laughs> the orgasm. <laughs> She's so great at like, it. Like, oh my god, undeniably great. <laughs> Laura, see how the like how they this movie... try and do that. Lynch tries to do that with Laura Dern, but Laura Dern has too much of an innocence to it. Well, I was gonna say it's too much. Cheryl Lee ha- can do a slightly trashier. Yeah, she can do a little more mysterious just, and just trashy, trashy enough than Laura Dern can do. She's not trashy, but she knows. But she's got like she knows the notes to play. One. It's the like, crimped hair. Oh, she's got this like hair just... she's got this like purple leopard print kind of outfit 
uh, bad yeah. shit. Yeah, it's all great. Bad. It's like Poker stuff. it's like David Lynch making a uh, Fran Drescher the nanny outfit. Yeah, kind of thing. Cheryl Lee. It's it's a the right casting move, but they really make her work through this oh, yeah. role. She is just dragged. So and she immediately gets hit. bitten. Yeah. Then that yeah, our master vampire who's who's played by Thomas Ian Griffin. Griffith? It's a name I know, yeah. I only know him from Karate Kid Three. Sure. That's the that's, kar- first karate kid I saw in the theater. Uh so that's it. But he's a great this you know, a lot of this movie actually feels like seventies to me. This vampire is it's very, probably a movie that Carpenter wanted to make since the seventies. This vampire is very like black cloak, black long hair, white face, very classic kind of totally classic vampire look for this like nineties, this ain't your Hollywood vampire vampire. <laughs> like it kind of looks a lot like the Hollywood vampire. You're telling me he's not, but right, yeah, he is. Yeah, in- a lot of the goons are all these like dirty zombie ruffians, but he's yeah. the classic tuxedo, black cape, cummerbund, slick back hair, and. Fangs we find out he's, he's the OG from yeah. the, like the 13th century. Yeah, he's the guy. He, he's like, no, I hit my fat. I know what I dress like. <laughs> I, know I, I don't need to adjust to modern sensibilities. Yeah, for like a 90s I movie. know how to dress, actually. Yeah. Uh, I'm good. Yeah, I'm <laughs> These good. are new converts. I don't need to wear dungarees, actually. But yeah, he bites her. Uh, turns her. Uh, she she slowly turns throughout the course of this movie very painfully. Also, I then, love the ni- the only yeah. in the nineties uh, bite on the inner thigh. That's that's, that's like a nineties vampire movie. Comes. That's where that you aren't. You know, they made really sexy neck bites in those Hammer ones. Mm-hmm. They were vampire movies are always very clear about penetration. Yes, <laughs> going on. Well, you know, that's, that's how Carpenter gets to put in the female orgasm getting eaten out scene. <laughs> Into theaters. That scene was cut in, you know, uh, what's it? Boys Don't Cry. Yeah. Chloe Seventy getting an orgasm from being yeah. eaten out. One year MPAA later. MPAA doesn't like that. Yeah, one year later. But if it's a vampire biting you in your thigh <laughs> and Cheryl going, <laughs> then it's all good. Well, Showgirls got a, didn't even get away with it. And a lot of the, the MPAA just thought that Elizabeth Berkeley was having a seizure. <laughs> And so they right. didn't even read it as an orgasm. They, they were just yeah. like, that's really scary that she get electrified in that pool. <laughs> and But Cheryl Lee makes it very clear what's happening, you know what's happening. Uh, with that vampire bite. No, this movie uh, almost got NC-17. I could see that. They they had to make a couple of cuts uh, with some of the gore There's and some, some great, of the... Well, uh, then we get some class A gore mm-hmm. with yeah Mark Booth uh, getting split in half like a... <laughs> Friday the Thirteenth movie, yeah, and this Just great down the middle, this great scene of of our master vampire Valak, right? Yeah, Valak. Just laying Just waste like Darth to the Vader whole team. waste in this whole room, this motel room with the hookers and blow party. I would have liked it more if it was just that one straight shot, but we kind of do this fade in, fade out thing, which is probably a budget thing. Picture it like I was picturing uh, Lustig filming the Maniac Cop police station scene. With him uh-huh. just busting yeah, through yeah, yeah. the door and just mowing down everybody in a straight line, basically. I picture that. more of an old picture with an old boy kind of kind of feel to right. it. Right. I kind of wanted that like hallway scene where yeah, we just see yeah. Valak go one to one to one and just take everyone out. But we do get cool like 
punching the dude through the body and then grabbing <laughs> yeah. some woman with his hand through the guy's body and uh-huh. just all this great stuff. <laughs> yeah. and, he really burst into just disgusting gore right away. And, and just slashing everyone up, and he's unstoppable, unkillable. James Woods is in the other room like, holy shit, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> yeah. This great, like, yeah, just the, that whole just devastation scene well i love it's it's this cool carpenter can do this kind of thing well where we get these great vampire kills and these guys come out of this like you said guys almost die they make it clear that this is their routine job but there's always a risk of death no matter how smooth a job goes there's always some things that might go wrong i guess that's why i'm wondering why they're whring they didn't find the master they're vampire hunters like maybe what else you want to do in these towns though you know Clearly, showing up dead drunk at the hotel gets you split in half. Okay, what are the so. odds of a master <laughs> showing up the night that you got some townie hookers? I, I mean, know, these guys, you get the sense, I did at least, that this is their guys, this is their routine. Yeah, these yeah, guys are yeah. going on tour, basically. They're hitting the road. They got no home. They're nomads. They're, they want some faceless, uh, topless, blowing party sex. They they don't always end with the master vampire crashing the party and ripping people's buttholes apart. It doesn't always happen that way. Or get, no, if the risk it, was too it. strong, if that happened like twice, they'd be like, "All right, we got to focus." There's just something. So I assume this is the first time that's happened. There's just something so like uh, <laughs> I feel like it would be life changing to know that vampires are real. Yeah, there is a god. Sure. <laughs> Christianity has done some shit that okay. turned people into vampires. Okay. Sure. Like, I'm know. seeing your side of this. You're already supposed to be living on guard, is what you're saying. I'm, I'm saying, yeah, getting Things dead we drunk, previously didn't think possible. Maybe we shouldn't maybe leave ourselves as wide open. <clears throat> Knowing that you're in a town that you killed nine vampires, maybe not roll the dice that you got all of them. Maybe not let your guard... Okay. That's what I'm saying. Sure. Well, another thing then... I say get the hookers when you get the master vampire. Let me say my my problem with vampires, this (laughs) stupid movie... Is (laughs) is <laughs> we're thirty five minutes in and we've we've hit the fifteen minute mark of the movie by the way yeah <laughs> <laughs> this movie um for a movie with so many empty shell casings from bullets these vampires did not get harmed in the least by bullets oh no why do they still keep showing why, up with these guns why are bullets even a part of this you, they, they by, know this at this point work. I mean these bullets don't slow down anybody. At all. And they are just yeah. unloading machine gun rounds in AKs into these vampires. And the vampires are just running at them. It's like, you know what? We should stop showing up with guns. These stakes work really good. In the opening kill scene, they make a big deal of being very, very quiet. Until the first <laughs> vampire shows until up. Until 12 seconds in. And then they're just like, unload it all. Boom. Shotgun. Shotgun. Screaming. <laughs> yeah. And, and but, but like three seconds earlier, it was like shh, quiet. It's a total Keep it down. Keep you it down. You talk about Wait, man. Don't don't. I almost. Ch- ch- it's a up. Simpsons gag. Vampire. Bu- 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 it's bu- a Simpsons gag. Yeah. It's a it's Homer and Moe and Wiggum on like all right, everybody keep cool, and then just unloading on like a bat or something. You know, it's they just they just crank it up to eleven the second they're in the door after just all right, everybody. We don't know how many are in here. All right, play it cool. Yeah, play it Be calm. Very, very Be quiet. Straight. 
watch your six. Bill Dukes in there with a fucking Gatlin gun and yeah, smoke bomb. Yeah, immediately the plan just goes out the window. And but again, a major strength. The biggest strength of this movie is just how great it looks. Mm-hmm. All these stupid, like, why do they keep showing up with submachine guns? The vampires love them. They feast <laughs> they on those bullets. Up. They love it. Care less. They love the lead taste. <laughs> <laughs> but the movie looks so good. And this, I, I'm not going to look him up. I forgot his name. But the cinematographer, he did, starting from Prince of Darkness, he'd been like John Carpenter's guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, Enough so that there was like, in the commentary I listened to, Carpenter said that this guy was getting Oscar talk. Hmm. He was on the short list that they nominate the final five from. For this movie? For this movie. Okay. Out of all John Carpenter movies, the guy almost gets the Oscar for this. And I get it. It's really tough to do this many action scenes. Uh, Most directors can't do action scenes very well and also do beautiful uh, vistas. Right, kind of yeah. This is a great Western look without aping a Western look. It's its own Western, and the horror elements are just it does, neither get sacrificed. Mm-hmm. Great, and uh, great, great images of the vampires coming out of the dirt. Yes, you get these rising from their you know sleep yeah. slumber. It's tough to do a zombie on, a movie and a vampire movie, but also like a serious Western yeah. kind of movie. But you know, and we get the OK Corral at the end here. It's a right. total, it's a total uh, tombstone like shootout at the end. Yeah, they uh, it it had a lot of those same touchstones as the other big '90s westerns. Mm-hmm. It had a lot of that feel, uh, but none of them were a horror movie. I know you love the Quick and the Dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but, but the uh, Quick and the Dead doesn't have a vampire <laughs> slicing a priest's head off yeah. in one fell swoop. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, uh, there's a there's a great like just total like gore ripping of throats. Oh yeah, like be- I said, this beheadings. Uh, Cheryl James Lee, Woods just hacking off heads, covered in blood at one point. Uh, yeah, the idea is that so when James Woods and and Daniel Baldwin escape, they grab Cheryl Lee. Yeah, they're the two survivors and Cheryl Lee, but she's bit. She's been from bit, the hotel massacre, but they know they can. She can help them because she'll have a psychic connection. That's also part that's, of the vampire lore. Yeah. That's true in the real world, sure. barely. But man, they really just like they're like, wake up, keep going, move along. Yeah, they're just smack, dragging smack, her from smack. location. Yeah, uh, I hope I hope she's okay. From I, I feel like she might have gotten some real bumps and bruises from that. I know. Shoot, I think there's a lot of cases of actresses really pouring themselves emotionally into roles, and then you know it happens to actors too. But I think of Isabella Johnny, you know, pouring herself into possession. Well, there's or scene... like the rap that Sean Young gets yeah, when yeah. she or Deborah Winger. When it's like a woman can't play like a crazy unhinged person with being like, oh, this woman's hard to work with. There's a scene in here where Daniel Baldwin ties Cheryl Lee naked to a bed. I know. And and threatens to kill her if she screams kind of stuff. Like, this is some dark... Like, yeah, they, pi- they're not kind to her. Yeah, picture in the these kind of, of roles movie. where when you're reading it as Daniel Baldwin, who thought his brother Alec got this part. And then Alex like, actually, I don't have time for vampires. I'm a, yeah, I don't want to be the guy that's uh, threatening to strangle a naked woman tied to a bed. But my brother Daniel, who looks like Chicago 7 me, will handle this role perfectly. Yeah. And so then Daniel Baldwin's really like, oh, I get this hand-me-down Alex script that has me pressing my face against Cheryl Lee's naked body as I tie her to a bed. Well, okay. 
And Cheryl Lee's just like, okay, so I get slapped in this scene. I get dragged <laughs> on pavement in the next scene. Punched I get licked by James Woods in this scene. I have bruise makeup under my eyes, nose, and lip through most of this movie. And when I'm not getting physically beaten up <laughs> on camera, I'm turning into a vampire in such a way as where I'm basically having a heroin withdrawal <laughs> yeah, she the just entire looks like movie. like a junkie. She's basically... Doing this whole, like, she's shaking and shivering and convulsing. And by the end of it, man, she is just a wreck. Well, and, that was the, that's another and great. It's just like, that's, it's just like, you know, action. And then just her just shaking for <laughs> yeah. the whole thing. Well, that's take. another great thing about how this felt like such a great fusion of all the best 90s vampire movies and westerns, just all into one thing. Because you ever see The Addiction? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Lily Taylor. Mm. It's like uh, vampirism as heroin addiction right. kind of thing. And, uh, you the know, hunger is very much like that. Totally. Yeah. It's a, it's a cool take on it. And I'm Abel Ferrara, I'm sure, will do the addiction oh. at, uh, at some point. I'm into it. But it's that same kind of thing. She's the like strung out junkie. She got a taste. And now she needs more, and she needs her fix. And they don't shy away from that. They go from right. having her bruised and beaten to just... Like looking gray, with exactly. sunken like eyes and just just like, uh, but yeah, just it, it always seems like there's like some snot on the nose or something. It's always just like, oh god, she's just too she's sweaty. By she, the third she, act, they're just like, all right, we're gonna put on the fake shit because you shit your pants. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, also you're menstruating. Just like, oh, come on. Uh, yeah. Now remember, Cheryl, you're covered in your own feces in this scene. <laughs> yeah. Just everything is just more and more. Dr- it's it's like a you know you look at some of my favorite man. All these kind of That's David so Lynch, John Carpenter parts like Blue Velvet. Right. Kyle MacLachlan's like, so I'm in college and I come home and I hit it off with Laura Dern. Then I hit it off with Isabella Rossellini. And then Isabella Rossellini is just like, okay, so I'm beaten. <laughs> I'm naked in like every scene. Yeah. I love it that I'm beaten. Like I'm humiliated wall naked. Like, okay. Yeah. It's like this. <laughs> There's a lot of that. And at the same time, even, you know, the whole plot of the Daniel Baldwin, Cheryl Lee thing is that he's, you know, he's the one who's watching her and slowly, of course. They fall in love. Yeah. The guy that beats it's her a, up and has to... I had to slug her. I had to slug her, it's he a, says. And it's then, a complicated relationship. Well, she bites him. It's, it's also got that classic, uh, the guy who's been bitten that doesn't tell anyone else. Dude. Okay. That trope, which I think, actually, this is my favorite version of that trope. Would you because tell... Because it's always the shittiest, <laughs> slimiest dude... He's always, like, a bad dude. ...who gets bitten by the zombie and doesn't tell anyone. This one, it's like, Daniel Baldwin gets bitten, knows... Force, you know, he knows. He's about to, he's five days away. He's been doing this, yeah. But he's still, there's a, you know. You're thinking, I know. There's there's an aspect of Daniel Baldwin's character which sucks. And then at the same time, at the end, you're like, yeah, he he stood up. He he supported James Woods even though he was turning into a vampire. It's a a real dude's rock kind of character. I kept, you know what's funny? I kept. (laughs) I kept trying to find more subtext in this movie than there was. Like, Mm-mm. I kept trying to be like, oh, this is actually a movie about, like, two longtime friends who are breaking up over a You're woman. You're doing a Once Upon a Time in Hollywood well, with I, I, I kept, I, You know, vampires? like, the bromance of James Woods and Daniel Baldwin and Cheryl Lee getting in the way and Cheryl Lee transforming James, uh, Daniel Baldwin so they're no longer friends, but they still love each other. 
like I'm like I really want there to be more of that, but I don't think I really it's really want, there. I really I really want to. I, don't think it's actually I really there. want to hear James Woods's take on the. Well, we've come to the end of the trail, buddy. That's what it was. I mean, it was a. It was. We really well, get a great James Woods end of the trail. We've Daniel come to Baldwin. the end of the trail in this movie. Is uh, I will find you. I will kill you because yeah. you're going to be a vampire in three days. Yeah, James, Via con Dios. Then they give each other the Via con Dios Via at con the end. Dios. James Woods, Via yeah, they have Dios their final Slayer. bro moment, and James Woods gets the, like, I will find... He gets the taken moment. Yeah. Really, like, I will kill you. You're a vamp. Like, you're my... Bu- yeah, it's It's, it's like good, you, get a, you get a two-day head start, what, and then I'm coming at you. I know when you, when you were saying every dude that gets bit and keeps it secret from the group is all... I know you're thinking Ty Burrell... In the Dawn 100%, of the Dead remake. 100%. <laughs> How iconic is Ty Burrell? Like, what a legend. For a guy who's now known as just Phil on Modern Family. <laughs> him as doofus yeah. in the Dawn of the Dead. Great movie. We'll do that eventually. Mm-hmm. I love the, Good the 2004 yeah, Dawn yeah. of the Dead. But him... He, how great is it that it did, took till 2004 to actually get the quintessential shithead that gets bitten and keeps it secret? What a... What a what a legend! Mm-hmm. But Daniel Baldwin's a great take on the guy. Does anybody tell? Would you tell? <laughs> would you tell if we were bit? I would mean, would you tell me if you and me had been lifelong vampire slayers and we were on the case of the biggest vampire I mean, I'm, of I'm, all I'm time? I'm talking now. I'm not talking vampire slayer right now. Vampire apocalypse. I mean, I've had COVID for the last two months. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a thing? Should I have said that? We've been sharing a drinking glass. <laughs> what? <laughs> I think I would tell. Am I a liar? I don't know. I th- it feels like I would tell. That's I hard... think I'd be virtuous I'm enough to I'm not sure to how tell. to put myself in that situation. Like, like, if I got bit by a vampire, would I tell you? Yeah. But if I knew that you were a guy who dedicated his whole life to <laughs> killing vampires. I'm right now. I have no. I've never hunted a vampire. Pro- right honestly, now, if, right now, would you like, tell me say, that vampires are real? And also, I'm bitten by one. How do you feel about this? Last night, I got bit by a vampire in my backyard. Right? Sure. Sucked my blood. I turned into a vampire, and I was like, "Damn, this feels good." Yeah. Do you show up today? Do I tell to you record? that? Well, I don't come do here at can't... three o'clock because it's still sunny. Sure. Out. Do you bump back the time though to be like, "Can I, I should... do come over at seven? Can I come or over... do you just say like, "I'm gonna see how this plays out, and I'm not gonna go over to Eric's house the next day"? Mm. That's a tough one, man. Is it? Is I that don't know. tough? Do you just are you well, that? Well, you what's, what, what are the, the options? Wait a minute. If I tell you, do no, I? No, 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 hold on. My options are: I tell you, and what do I want? Why? Why would I tell you? Because you can to keep me safe from me to let me know that vampires exist. I'd probably just cancel the the recording session. You I said guess. you was tough. You well had because to consider- maybe maybe I maybe I'm well okay. The the end of this movie is the are, podcast that important. <laughs> You no. keep a podcast recording date if you're inflicted with vampirism? What if I want to offer you the same chance that I have of <laughs> being can, immortal? You show up and I... I'm like, great news, Eric. I'm never going to die. You want to get on this train? Let's go. You immediately... That means less than we 24 hours into becoming a vampire, you betray my trust. Because, of course, I would let you in the door, but I don't know you're a vampire this time. Well, okay. And you don't tell me that before I let you in? No, I'm saying I would tell you that. You would tell me. You'd give me the choice to let you in or not. 
No, I a day later. Okay, okay. Oh, see, now that's a Hollywood vampire trope. <laughs> that and doesn't happen in vampires. Know, that doesn't. The whole vampire has to be let in. That ain't real. Wooden stake is real. Sunlight is real. You would turn your back on me though for vampirism in a day. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm understanding what you think I'm going to do here <laughs> because feels okay. like you're deceiving me. If you got bit, if I got bit and I was like, "Damn, this feels good. I want to share this with other people." Yes, I would tell you. I'd be like, Eric, this is cool. It's like the but new diet. A day in, you're already selling people that hard on the benefits hey, of man. getting bit. You asked me the stupid fucking question. You knew this know. quick? I don't know. Feels like you're rushing into a bad situation and dragging me with you. I mean, uh, it's just it's a. Uh, <laughs> I, I haven't I haven't told uh, you know I I I'm a secretive person. I yeah, don't tell everyone that's everything. Like everybody in a movie that gets bit by a zombie or a vampire, no but, matter how much they shared publicly before, suddenly everybody keeps things really close to the vest. But if our whole Life for the last 10 to 20 years has been killing vampires. Sure. And I got bit by a vampire while on the job. While on the clock, right. And you didn't know. No, I'm not going to fucking tell you. That's <laughs> even worse. That's worse. I'm, well, I'm going to Daniel Baldwin this We're thing. brothers in arms at that point. I'm going to see the mission through, and then I'm going to via con Dios. If we're I'm working side by side, taking down farmhouses of vampires <laughs> for like 15 to 20 years, and then you don't tell me, that's way worse. You are choosing all the wrong adventures in this choose-your-own-adventure. I feel like I'm being attacked. <laughs> <laughs> You keep, you keep I would like to it. reiterate, I was not bitten by a vampire. <laughs> You're not I'm clean, sad. baby. You've made it clear that I'm victim number one if you get bit. I'm not biting you, bro. Oh. I'm not biting you. It's going to take me at least three days to turn into a vampire. And in the real world that vampires has established, sure. eating slows down the transformation. So I'll just eat a bunch of cheeseburgers. Take me a couple extra days. I do days. like that. That's a cool way of living. Daniel ba- <laughs> Daniel Baldwin, as much as and James... And if you cauterize the wound, it slows it down, It slows too. that down. Yeah. Not even Twice hacking off the arm. Just kind of burning your arm a bit. Yeah. I like just how James Woods, I think, had it written into his contract that he's got to have a quota of Padres. Daniel Baldwin's like, I need three scenes where I'm eating a double cheeseburger. <laughs> exactly. Over a naked woman. I don't care who she is. Oh, it's Cheryl Lee? Yes. It's this gross <laughs> Carl's Jr. where Daniel Baldwin's just like, eat the fucking burger. You have to eat something. It yeah. actually helps. It helps. Yeah. yeah. It actually helps. It's good for you. It's this great way of explaining now. this particular vampire lore in a like, look, I know. It actually helps. I'm not just a chubby guy eating a burger. Right. <laughs> I know I look like a fat Alec Baldwin, but trust me, yeah. it's not the burger. It is great how Daniel Baldwin just looks like when Alec Baldwin it's got cr- fat in the late 2000s. It's crazy how all the Baldwins look exactly alike except Stephen or... Uh, <laughs> Billy? Bill, no, it's uh, the, the guy from Usual Suspects. Stephen Baldwin. Yes, okay, okay, sure, sure, sure. He looks nothing like any of the other ones. But yeah, little Billy in Backdraft looks just like a young They Alec. all look like slightly different Daniel's the fat. Years of <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like how Bo Bridges is like fat Jeff Bridges. <laughs> I love I dig it. it. I always love it. I love but, it. I actually really like Daniel Baldwin in this movie. This is, I mean... His character has the most arc. His character going from guy when you meet him he's like pissing in the grass and just like yeah <laughs> go for montoya hey another vampire whatever and then yeah to have him like 
be severe with Cheryl Lee and then get bitten. And then by the end, he's like, we're the perfect couple. We're both just a couple of crazy vampires out on this road yeah. we call life. Well, and, it adds uh, in that whole Mickey and Mallory aspect to it that uh, hmm. they're like, this is the 90s. We got to go, you know. There was a lot of those uh, couple killer couples on the run movies right, in right. the 90s. And that really fit, fit in with that, you know, California with a K aesthetic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, I was going to say, but it sounds stupid because I was like, this is far and away my favorite Daniel Baldwin performance. And I was like, I can't. <laughs> it's not like I'm going to yeah, name, name other more. Daniel Baldwin. Name another Daniel Baldwin. Let me compare it to these other eight that I have in pocket. Like, I don't, Daniel Baldwin's not a guy I seek out, but he is standout good in Vampires. This is a, this is a great movie. And even more impressive, uh, a thing we haven't talked about is... A movie looking this good in 98 to 2002. Mm-hmm. The ugliest, shittiest looking era for genre movies. Right. Horror movies look like shit in this era. A bunch of weird, sexy crime thrillers are all just blue. Right. Everything is through a super blue lens. In By the year 2000, guys, they were experimenting with way too much slow motion and fast motion and just... Movies from that era look like garbage. Yeah, you don't have any of that nonsense here. I hate that 98 to 02 era. Maybe even 03, 04. None of that here. This if movie could have... You, you get some almost slow-mo kind of stuff, like during the hotel scene. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's there's... Uh... I mean, a great-looking movie from 1975. You know, I love how 70s movies yeah. look. I love how the 70s look on film. The late 90s on film looks just like date rape. it's always ray there's always butterfly clips in the women's hair the guys always just look like they have they look like sleaze bags and just like the late 90s look like shit on film that's why i feel like this movie maybe it feels more like the 70s movie to me because it doesn't have that even in the trailer we were watching the theatrical trailer it's got like the marilyn manson soundtrack i know but this movie doesn't have any of that. It's got no, John Carpenter's music. Carpenter. It's got like a, it's, an extension of his. I really like his "They Live." I was gonna say score. It's, it's basically "They Live" score. That drifter uh, western bow, bow. synthesizer. But it's it's some way blues, more of guitar a, and stuff. In this it. one's even more of a western. Vampires. <laughs> it's totally like vampires. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, and they recruit the new priest who I like, and and. Man, there's just so many great moments in this movie. Like the it's new, really good. the new priest finally killing his first vampire, just shooting it in the dick seven times. <laughs> <laughs> like aim for the heart. It's like kill him, kill him, kill him, Padre. It's and over. He's just like ah, k- 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 right it's in the Homer dick. Just stabbing Bram Stoker. That's in his the crotch. crotch. That's his crotch. <laughs> over and over again. Yeah. Oh, but there's the... just so many move. There's so many moments like that throughout the movie where you're just like. That's a kick-ass moment. That's a kick-ass moment. Him just going, shut the fuck up. It is that... Those kind of moments are just like, oh, I perfect, live for that. Yeah, it's that perfect John Carpenter way where he knows his way around every genre. He never flat out made a buddy cop kind of movie. Mm-hmm. He understands buddy cop sensibilities and how to employ it in all the, <laughs> all the different genres. Right. You know, These are buddy cop vampire slayers for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. In the best way. It's a great movie. It's, yeah, Carpenter, we've said it before, and it's he's probably my number one guy. 
I don't think that I don't know if it's an original choice to say my favorite directors are John Carpenter and Quentin Tarantino and David Lynch. Mm. That's a pretty obvious uh, internet current but I mean, film for, guy. For horror of of this era, it's like yeah, I I was thinking about it. It's like Romero, Carpenter, Craven, Cronenberg, yeah, Stuart Gordon. Like I mean, that's these are the guys. That's a pantheon, right? These there. are these are what makes me love movies. Yeah. There's a reason why we've been doing so many John Carpenter movies. They're just we aren't so, hitting. They're just so watchable. They're and what enjoyable. you want to watch in a movie. It really. It just. It's the most. We've talked about this before. The joy of getting to make the most fun movies. Mm-hmm. Carpenter has done every genre that a kid could want to make. He's got to do all of it, and he's done it so well. The, so well to to take on such a. Uh, I've said this in the Escape from New York episode. Like, you got some balls to put a character <laughs> as cool as Snake Plissken on camera. If you fuck that up, it's the worst character of all time. But Snake Plissken do- is fucking perfect. What if it doesn't work? Yeah. You take that risk, it might not work, and then you end up with the goofiest dude ever. Exactly. Instead, it works incredibly well. You know how- like, There's got to be a moment where he's like, an eye patch? Really, John? Eye patch. It's like- no, it'll work. Trust Another me. Another guy we mentioned this episode that we love who did this same thing, who got to make all his cool vision in every genre, Walter Hill. Mm-hmm. Do you know how dumb the Warriors could have been? Oh. You know how... On on paper, that's a dumb fucking movie. Isn't Warriors a dumb idea? How cool... How dumb is Streets of Fire as an idea? Oh. Just some rock and roll fable with the... like. It's Grease, <laughs> yeah. but... In the, Grease, know. but kind of tough. But yeah, but street fighting. Also, Jim Steinman songs. Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Think of Grease and Meatloaf together. Yeah, together, though. <laughs> also, William Defoe's teeth. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, okay. But it's the best. Yeah. The Warriors is impossibly cool. An impossibly cool. Like it is the coolest. A guy getting to make that. Like you know, you're making something just sick. Like, you know, you're like, I'm doing it. And Carpenter has just done it so much. Uh, even it's a guy like Tarantino, where when we did our big Tarantino top 10, number 10 is just like, well, that was a movie that I loved. Mm-hmm. This is a movie I've seen four, th- four times. It's my last pick. It's just one of those guys. Well, that I was going to say, and it's going to sound bad, but Vampires is probably at the low like at the bottom of my carpenter list. I don't think but it I was still really like it. It wasn't on either of our top tens, right? I think no. it was eleven through thirteen on both of ours, right? It was a contender for ten the ten spot on mine, but I, I mean, didn't put it there. As much as I really love so many moments and everything uh that goes into this movie, it's at the bottom of my yeah. list. Carpenter just has easily he just has ten s- movies twelve than, other yeah. movies that I would yeah, but that said, I've watched this movie twice in the last week. <laughs> yeah. Loved it. Both times. Yeah. Really dig it. I just, it's got that kind of, this movie especially is just, it, it. like I said, I was looking for more subtext, but maybe you just want to enjoy a mindless yeah. vampire slayer, F-bomb drop-in, uh, just this is kind of outdated. Me. It's like macho bullshit, a little bit uh, outdated. There's a little bit of like the- Picture seeing this the, at Third Street, Homophobic man. stuff in yeah, it. Yeah, picture but, this at Third Street. Yeah. This is me when I saw the new Hellboy reboot. Which got just dumped on, mm. you know, twenty percent on Rotten Tomatoes, low, horrible scores, and I'm watching it with four other people at 
Third Street Cinemas for three fifty, and it's like, oh, this kicks ass. Totally, this is good. I, this is great. Ass this is, is like a to total throwback, kick ass, fun movie. There was like some other guy walking out of there at the same time as me, and I was just like, that was good. And he was like, right? <laughs> like, this was pretty fun. cool. Sometimes you just want to have some fun. I'm picturing just watching this. I did not see this in the theaters. I've never seen this in the theater. It looks great on Blu-ray. looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. Scream Factory has it, a couple different editions. looks great. But I wish I can get to see this in the theater because if I had seen this in 98, man, this just would have been kick. This, this should have been a bigger flick. It yeah. made money. It was a success, but... It's it's getting that word out now. I just yeah, I but, remember seeing it originally. I think you know shortly after like, rented it shortly after yeah. it came out on video and just being like, this is cool. Like this is really cool. Like it's got this great like the vampires doing their big vampire leaps into the back of the truck. Mm-hmm. It's it's got this great just big teeth. There's a scene where Shirley bites Daniel Baldwin and and he lets her kind of. It's very classic like lets her suck his blood. Man, right. she comes out of the truck just covered in blood, swaggering, dead-eyed. What a, <laughs> well, what a great vampire. Just oh, like, perfect. oh, baby, I'd let you suck my blood too. <laughs> but it's so 100%. nuts that you see this movie that made money and showed that you could do a traditional Western, you could do a vampire movie. Like, this thing can work mm-hmm. within a couple years. The direction Hollywood goes is like underworld queen of the damned twilight then gets yeah to do it's it. all just like well we made some money time to welcome in the 2000s yeah it all became that shitty blue looking horror movie this was the last of that kind of breed so you know i i think you'll be into ghosts of mars when we i should check it out when we go we should watch that one it, soon. It, it's not fair of me to say that carpenter is my number one guy if i haven't seen ghosts of mars right yeah like i, I, should, I think you'll be it's not probably, gonna that one and the Chevy Chase one, I think, are now the only... <laughs> and the Ward are the only three I haven't seen. I have not seen the Ward. I have not seen Body Bags. Oh, yeah. We got to do it. Yeah, that, that one's got to come up. That one's... Dude, he's the he's like the crypt keeper in that. <laughs> yeah. It's so fucking fun. Does he eat a sub while he's working in the morgue? He is he is, eating it all? I some, need my coroners to eat a sandwich. There's definitely a point where he's like drinking and okay. like making a That's concoction. Something. That's and stuff. something. Yeah, yeah. He's definitely, yeah, he's definitely doing something so, in yeah, the So, yeah, Body Bags and the Ward. Are the two okay? I have seen Memoirs of an Invisible Man two times, Ooh. and I'd go back for a Double third. Up. I want to be the pod that has an has a genuine favorable Invisible Man take. Let's do it. I don't know if it's there, but I don't think it's as bad as people said. It's hard to judge it against other carpenters because it was the most removed he was from a project. Sure, he was a gun for hire. Sure, and even on this one, he was hired to do. But he loved the source material. Mm-hmm. He wanted to do it. Memoirs that was a that was a paycheck. But there's value. There's value there. So yeah, I haven't seen Body Bags or The Ward. I think you'll be. I don't think Ghost of Mars will be a top ten for you, but I think you'll be favorable. Okay. I think you'll be into it. I'll check and it out. And Vampires though was kind of. I think that was his last big success. In the in and. I had heard that he had thought of, like, I think uh, Escape from L.A. bombing kind of hit him hard. That's got to be tough. That's tough. I mean, tough. because Escape from New York is such a beloved, iconic thing. And, yeah. I, I And I know you. I, I would put this above Escape from L.A. I, I think actually, you'd favorably. That's hard. That's no, hard I think you'd me. favorably view. I, I like Escape from L.A. 
It wasn't in my top ten either, but I I, recently, I like it. I recently rewatched just the scene where he has to make the ten baskets in oh, sure. a minute. Yeah, and I was like, "This is a good scene." That's a good scene. It's good, dude. The, there's the a surfing scene, though. I I, there's I couldn't a scene, the, do. Forget the about the surfing. Scene. Just think about Bruce Campbell as like a fake makeup Hollywood surgeon butchering people with the that scene yeah, yeah. alone is an iconic Carpenter scene. So God, this guy I, had I, stuff I in the tank, man. Movie. Huh? I would love another escape movie. Yeah. Like if I had a hundred million dollars, well, I would just go, John Carpenter, please make another. You know what the plan was if. L.A. was a big hit. It was going to be Escape from Earth. Oh, yeah. So that's God what right. that's what they took from us. That's what that's what that surfing scene took from us. Because <laughs> you know, if anything in Escape from L.A. blew beyond the budget, it was that stupid ass CGI surfing scene yeah. that nobody likes. That was the thing that cost him money. If you trim that surfing scene. We might get a profitable movie, and then we might have gotten a bigger bomb in Escape from Earth. But we'd at least have Escape from Earth. Now he's now we're never. Now we have Ghosts from Mars. You'll like Ghosts from Mars. <laughs> but yeah, Vampires is a late '90s movie that hits way more like an eight late '80s movie, mm-hmm. and it's great. It's arguably his best looking movie. And I love every second of footage this guy has shot. It's a beautiful looking movie. And it is just cool. I love James Woods. I hate James Woods. This is perfect James Woods. It's great. Well said. It's yeah. Come to this. <laughs> it has come to this. I'm Eric. I'm Charlie. Good night. Good night. <laughs>